You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Greeks Gridiron. Happy game day. Week 14 is upon us. We got a bunch of games going on today. However, I have a little bit of a different video for you guys today. I'm starting up kind of like a new mini series type thing. As we get closer and closer to the playoffs, teams are going to slowly start to get eliminated. And I thought since everyone's always highlighting those top 10, you know, 12 and 14 teams, especially the ones getting into the playoffs and whatnot. We highlight the teams that are all the way at the bottom and back of the pack and kind of just go over where they are in a series that I would like to call the State of the Team series. So today we are going to discuss none other than the Houston Texans. So we're talking State of the Texans today. The first and only team so far heading into week 14 slate of games today that have been eliminated from the playoffs. We're going to discuss, uh, you know, some good things about the team, a lot of the bad about the team. You know, there's obviously more bad than there is good with the team that's sitting at 2-10 and 10 and already eliminated from the playoffs. They don't even have the worst record in the league, and they were the first ones knocked out. So a lot to discuss and get into today. So make sure you hit that like button down below. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoy what we're doing here. We are very, very close to 200 subs. I believe the last time I checked, we're like four subs away. So hit that sub button, support the channel like greatly appreciate it now state of the houston texans they're two and ten eliminated from the playoffs first team before we just start talking about all the bad things that are going on i want to highlight some of the good things and by good things i mean some of the key players that i think are building blocks and players that you know you could kind of look at and think okay this player could potentially be a long-term piece and and something to kind of build around especially the unit that they're in and help to kind of you know help the team grow as we go into the future with the Texans here now firstly the first player that I'm going to shout out here that is a building block in my opinion and I think it is not getting enough love at all and Texans fans you might agree with me as well on this one here is the edge rusher Jonathan Green uh, Greenard excuse me Jonathan Greenard edge rusher 24 years old, super young. The dude has eight sacks. And on top of that, if you're somebody who likes to look at PFF for their grading system, I am one of those people. I don't live and die by their system, but I do respect what they do there because from what it from what it seems, they do put a lot of time and effort into their grading systems. He has eight sacks. They've given him an 84.3 PFF grade on defense. That's combining his pass rush, his run stopping, and all that stuff. He's graded as the seventh best edge rusher out of 111 candidates. That's absurd for a team that has so much going on, you know, drama-wise, and so much just not good going on for the team. Somebody like Jonathan Grenard, who, you know, he is... and I really hope I'm saying his name right. Greenard is, is how it's spelled. I don't know the exact pronunciation for it. I'd be lying to you if I said I did. Um, for, you know, so much bad that's going on with the Houston Texans right now, to have a bright spot and the bright spot be an edge rusher is massive. This is somebody that has kind of come out of nowhere, eight sacks. That's a pretty big deal. That's, you know, it's obviously not top 10 or, or top five, rather, not top 10, because I don't know the exact number of all the sacks listed out from one to 10. He might not be top five, but he's definitely up there in the sacks category, really close to double digits, an impressive guy at that, somebody that you can really start to build your D-line unit around, and somebody that I think needs to start seeing even more playing time than he already has. I know he comes in more on the pass rushing downs, Maybe try to get him in more on the running plays and see how he does. Um, but, I mean, overall, eight sacks, a, a really solid. He's young, really solid piece. Hopefully, he has nowhere to go but up from there. But, I mean, at 24 years old, that's a solid piece on the defense. 
another guy who has been outstanding for them and is actually graded the 10th best out of 118 possible people by PFF with a 75.9 grade on defense is their slot cornerback. I believe it is Tavier Thomas, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, 25 years old. He plays in the slot for the Texans. He has a pick on the year. Again, graded the 10th best corner in the league by PFF. This is another guy, a name that you don't really hear about, but he does really well in coverage, especially in the slot where he plays a lot of the majority of his snaps, I guess you want to say. Uh, really impressive stuff from such a young guy. At a position, especially in this pat in this passing league, the slot cornerback position is a tough one and a really difficult one. I feel to get good at playing outside is a little bit simpler, but when you're playing slot, you play you get you get a lot more complicated and diverse routes being run up through the middle of the field there. So to be able to be so young and so successful at such a difficult position on the defense is huge for them. And I mean, corners come at a premium in the NFL. So to have a guy who's considered the tenth best among a, a an organization that grades every single player and you know they supposedly watch every single snap to do their grading I mean that's some big stuff there again another bright spot on a defense that um, while the running defense has not been great their pass defense is actually pretty good the last time I did any numbers I believe that their pass D is ranked somewhere around 15th and before doing the research for this video that was something that was kind of puzzling to me it was how everything was a mess but then all of a sudden your pass D is actually pretty solid well when you look at Jonathan Greenard eight sacks one of the best graded players at his position there and then Tavier Thomas one of the best slot corners graded at his position as well it starts to kind of make a little bit more sense now, on the opposite side of the football field, when you're looking at the offense, wide receiver, quarterback, running back, O-line, I mean, there's really not a ton to be super impressed about with the Texans. However, I do have two people highlighted. The first one is kind of an obvious one because he's really been the only standout of the offense, and that's got to be wide receiver Brandon Cooks. He is still only 28 years old, obviously fast approaching that 30-year mark where people start to kind of shy away from, you know, the wide receiver group. You don't, you know, 30 is kind of like the decline age. However, it seems to be changing. Some players that are a little bit older, 31, 32, 33, can still be somewhat successful. He has 742 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, solid stuff overall for Brandon Cooks. Um, he has continued throughout the entirety of his career to be a consistent playmaker. You know, he's able to get the, and. and to be approaching a thousand yards as a receiver on a team that has played as poorly and, you know, has Davis Mills and or Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback, depending on where you are in the season for Brandon Cooks to still get close to that thousand yard mark. While he might not have as many touchdowns as you want, the Texans aren't really scoring a ton anyways. He's still putting up serviceable and solid numbers. This is a guy that I think the Texans should at least hang on to for the next couple of years minimum, just as they try to build out and fill out their wide receiver room. I don't think he's a bad guy for them, for them younger receivers that they're going to bring in to really learn from. And Brandon Cooks has been solid. He's been on some really good teams. Um, he's bounced around a lot. He's never really stuck anywhere, but he's a really fast, solid, you know, solid handed guy can make some plays. I like Brandon Cooks. I think he's always been fairly impressive as a wide receiver. And again, he's 28, not quite where you want him to be age-wise, but like a guy that's a, a pretty much a veteran of the league. He's played with some really good quarterbacks. He's played with some really bad quarterbacks, but he's always put up serviceable numbers, says a lot about the player that he is, and is definitely somebody worth highlighting on the offense, in my opinion. The last guy that I have on here, because I only really have four guys that I think are like true building blocks for him to kind of build around. This last one might be kind of controversial, but hear me out because I was pretty high on him in the draft. Quarterback Davis Mills, he's 23 years old. You want to talk about kind of walking into one ugly situation um, 
was not really supposed to start. It was supposed to be Tyrod Taylor. And then obviously the injury kind of put him in the position where he needed to be QB1. He has 1,400 yards in the year, seven touchdowns, eight interceptions, 65.5% completion percentage. Um, obviously not fantastic numbers by any means, but to be a rookie and get thrusted onto the, you know, like the starting role on a team that is bare bones in the cupboard of talent, I mean, you have to give the guy at least some sort of credit for what he's doing. I really like Davis Mills. I like where he came from, his background. He was kind of like a really good, in my opinion, like a really good project type of player. I, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit more later on. Um, is he the guy of the future? Maybe not. Probably not. Do I think he deserves a second chance as we go through this next season after, you know, going through the off season? Maybe depends on, you know, where the Texans shake out in the draft position. If they're able to bring anyone in through free agency, I definitely think that he's probably somebody who deserves a little bit more of a second look. When you think about the lack of talent that's been around him and just kind of the whole situation that he's been in for him to, you know, have some pretty solid performances and also some really bad ones. I mean, it's kind of what you would expect from a guy that's playing on a Texans team that was pretty much sabotaged by Bill O'Brien on his way out. He's young. I like the potential he has. Is he in a great position right now? No, but definitely a piece you could consider building around depending on how this offseason shakes out for the Texans. Again, this was like a this is one that I know is probably going to be a little bit controversial and people will be unsure about, but definitely someone you could at least look at. Now, Outside the building blocks, as for team needs, when I kind of sat down to do this, I literally typed out everything at first because I was like, well, they literally need everything. But then I was like, we need to get a little bit more specific. So I have five needs that are listed here, not necessarily in any particular order, except for the really the first one. But as I was just saying, Davis Mills, kind of a controversial building block. Is he going to be the guy of the future? Probably not. I'm willing to kind of, you know, admit that, but still somebody that I was high on coming out of the draft as a project type player, if he was given the right time and situation to kind of grow and develop, QB has got to be their number one need. Deshaun Watson, and we'll get more into that later on, definitely not going to be the guy that's going to be there going forward. That relationship is irreparable and the Texans one way or another are going to have to move on. The second position, and this is probably the second highest position, and like I roughly ordered these from most important to least important, but not not like something I would like die on a hill to argue over. Linebacker, especially after the release of Zach Cunningham just a couple of weeks ago, uh, linebacker, their linebacking corpse is a bunch of who's who's and just random players that were signed left and right through free agency and, and maybe a trade or two. I don't necessarily know everyone that they brought in, but the linebacker is liter- position is literally just a bunch of random players thrown together. If they're targeting a really good linebacker in the draft, I would not be surprised because they need to find some sort of something for, of substance to kind of lead the defense, especially at like the middle linebacker position. They are the QB of the defense defense you got to get somebody in there who can call those plays and you know kind of organize the defense and put themselves in a good position to be successful against whoever they're going up against and number three I have the offensive line not a great unit um this is a team that we've watched kind of trade away some of their pieces the last few years bare bones nobody to really look at and say that they've been great they're centered uh, I think his name's Justin Britt He's probably the best of the bunch. I believe PFF had him graded as like the 23rd best center in the league. So he's definitely not the worst amongst everybody, but he's also not really the best. Wide receiver is the number four. Obviously, you have Brandon Cooks, but like I said, he's 28, probably getting, you know, he's he's not probably, he is on his way to the wrong side of 30. Going to be 29 next year. You definitely want to start looking for some young, good talent. You have good draft picks. Hopefully, hopefully, 
you know, we've learned from past mistakes and we are able to identify talent to bring in. I don't know whether that's through free agency or the draft, but wide receiver is definitely something they've got to be looking at. And then the fifth one that I have here, my final one, and again, these are more so just like the most important, most important team needs, in my opinion. Obviously, you could realistically list any position here is the interior defensive line. They have Malik Collins, who has been solid. I guess you could say not terrible, not great, but solid. Uh, and then outside of that, there's nobody really of name value or substance you could really go after and say, you know, this is a guy they should really try to work that unit around. But I mean, you have Malik Collins and nobody else inside the D line there. Pass rush is uber important, especially in this passing driven league that we are in currently. So we definitely should consider looking at some interior defensive alignment if we are the Texans. Now, as for some other things to discuss, aside from like the building blocks and what they need to look for going through the offseason, discussing some of the two of probably the bigger key points of this team. The first one being the QB1 position, Deshaun Watson. What the heck is going to happen with all of that? The situation's complicated. Without a doubt, one of the messier things I think I have seen in my years of watching the NFL, uh, and I've seen some pretty ugly stuff, the Brett Favre thing, the Aaron Rodgers thing just this past season, the Russell Wilson one, not so much, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, Peyton Manning's was a really nice kind of leaving the Colts type deal, but there were some things, you know, that were brought up and mentioned as he was leaving about how the Colts could let him go and whatnot, especially coming off of his massive surgery. How could you just give him up? Things like that. So I've seen some pretty interesting stuff regarding the QB one position, Brady leaving the Patriots going to the Buccaneers is obviously a more recent one as well. Um, but until the legal issues are resolved, it's not really something that's going to go anywhere. Dolphins owner, uh, the Dolphins owner, you know, he pretty much vetoed a trade for Deshaun Watson because he wanted Watson to essentially settle out all 22 of his cases that was not going to happen. So from there, the whole thing kind of fell apart. And thus, Sean Watson is still sitting on the bench collecting his paychecks. The biggest thing is, is they have to move on. Period. End of story. Regardless of however things are going to shake out, whether Deshaun Watson does not end up having to pay any money to the accusers or, you know, maybe he or worst case scenario, he ends up doing time or something gets brought up or brought to light that really puts him into a bad spot. And, you know, the Texans just have to let him go. Whatever it may be, they must move on at some point. The offseason QB market could be pretty strong or it might not be at all. When I was looking at some of the quarterbacks that are going to be potentially available, obviously Aaron Rodgers has the out after, you know, this whole pass offseason if he does not want to be with the Packers and they fail to make it to the, you know, the Super Bowl this year, which I don't really know where that is right now. Things are going really well for the Packers, but part of me feels like if they do not make the Super Bowl, or honestly, if they don't win a Super Bowl, I feel like Rodgers is out of there. That's just kind of how I could... The only way I could see this like relationship really mending is by the Packers ending the year as Super Bowl champions. So you have Rodgers, who's able to seek a trade at the end of this season. Russell Wilson potentially wanting out of Seattle. I know he just came out and said that he wants to be a Seattle, you know, Seahawk for the rest of his, you know, for the rest of his career. I don't know how much I buy that, whether he's just trying to, you know have everyone around him feel that he still wants to be there. I think we'll we'll find out the truth this offseason on whether he still wants to be a Seahawk. This has been worse like this is worst case scenario. I think it's really funny because the Aaron Rodgers situation was far more, you know, brought through the like dragged through the press and talked about and everything and they're flying high now. The Russell Wilson thing was like a comment during an interview. A little, little bit of ugliness for like a week or two kind of resolved and then boom, it was good, happy sailing and everyone was fine. And they are just on a complete tumble down to the bottom of the league. They're fourth place in their division. 
So really interesting how that's all gone out. Like I said, I don't know how much I buy him really wanting to stay in Seattle, but the truth will be revealed come offseason time. Jameis Winston's a guy that could be a free agent. I don't know whether the Saints are going to try to bring him back or not. Whether that ends up being the case or not, he is somebody to look at. All I've got to say is for the Jameis Winston doubters, the Saints were 5-2 and two when he was there. They are now 0-5 without him. He was running that offense really well. Whether it was Sean Payton, the system, the skill players around him, you know, there's a lot of talent. I don't know, but Winston was looking pretty solid. Did he still have some of his boneheaded mistakes that he's had through his career? Sure. You know, say what you want about that. But the Saints were 5-2 and two when he was still playing quarterback. There are a few other people that have potential outs. Um, Kirk Cousins is a guy that I kind of want to bring up because, you know, he only has one more year left on his deal. If he if he gets traded, uh, I think the Vikings are only on the books for like $10 million in dead money, which is not bad considering his contract situation and him signing that whole fully guaranteed deal. Um, whether the Vikings are going to opt to do that at the end of the season or not, I don't know. I don't really think it's going to happen, but it is something where his contract does have an out for the Vikings if they opt to trade him away. I don't know if the Texans are really in a position to make that sort of trade, uh, and I don't really foresee the Vikings hanging on to Kirk Cousins all the way until June 1st where releasing him will put him in the same position. They can't just flat out let him go, so they would have to trade him, and I don't really think the Texans have the firepower unless they're able to make a Deshaun Watson trade and then trade for Kirk Cousins. That's the only real scenario. I could see that. With all that being said, I really have a hard time believing they're going to be able to bring in a big ticket quarterback. It just does not really seem like now would be a time where anyone that's trying to, you know, enhance their football career resume that they would want to go to Houston during that entire rebuild. We don't necessarily know how much things have gotten better since Bill O'Brien has left and all the changes that have been made in the organization. It's going to take time for people to want to really go to Houston. Houston's really only real like card or like hand to play is going to be them just having a lot of cap room and a lot of money to dish out to players to get them to come play for them. I like the Texans are in a position where they're going to have to shovel out a lot of money to get people to come play for them. Um, I think the big, the, the real like most realistic possibility, I guess you could say for them getting a quarterback or a good one at that is going to be through the draft. I expect them to have a top five pick. They're probably picking numbers two, three, or four, maybe at worst, I think five. They're most likely going to be in the top five though, unless they all of a sudden start rattling off wins and Davis Mills starts looking like the quarterback of the future that he has not really looked like so far. So QB one situation, they have to move on from Watson there are some like potential things to kind of look at as for where they go. But I think ultimately that whole situation is they're going to have to move on from Watson. They're probably going to have to draft a new quarterback if they want to go that route of bringing in another face at that position. That's going to, you know, give them any hope of the future at the position there, unless they really like what Davis Mills has been doing, which I don't really know at this point. The other speaking piece that I have for the Texans and something that I want to take a look at, and I think deserves a hell of a lot of respect and props for what he's been doing is head coach David Culley. I respect him for being willing to walk into an absolute mess of an organization. Bill O'Brien flat out admitted that he was trying to get himself, you know, let go by the Texans. He did not want to be there. He thought he was going to have some shot going to be the head coach for the New England Patriots. What a laughable assumption that is. Um, so respect to him, one, for being willing to take over this job because it is an absolute mess. You don't have draft picks. You don't have talent. You're literally starting Davis Mills, who was supposed to be a project type of quarterback, <laughs> as your QB1. On top of that, 
Um, I like that he's really trying to build and mold a culture over there in Houston. Um, the fact that he was willing to release somebody like Zach Cunningham, who literally just signed a big deal the year prior over disciplinary stuff and just him not fitting the type of, you know, the type of, like, what is the word? I literally just said it and I already forgot. But, like, he just does not fit the mold of what they want to do. His attitude was not in check. It sounded like, you know, David Cully was just kind of tired of him and did not want him around. The fact that he was willing to just kind of let him go, eat the cat pit and everything like that speaks volumes for the type of culture he's trying to build there. Culture is the word I'm looking for. Um, the fact that he's even brought this team to two wins, I think, is a miracle. The Texans were probably the the aside from the Lions, like the betting favorite to not win a game this season, I think that there was a very strong case for them to to go 0-17 this year. And the fact that he's even able to drag them to 2-10 at this point is nothing short of a miracle. On top of that, I think the best thing that the organization can do as a whole for him is just give him time. I think he needs time. The, he really is trying to flip what turned into a really toxic culture very, very quickly over there in Houston, and he's doing his best to flip it around. I would love to see him with an actual serviceable roster of names that can actually do something on the football field. I think that they're a minimum of like two years away of really having any sort of success. A minimum two years. It could definitely be more than that, but I think... The Texans need to give him time. They need to let him get his guys in there, whether it's more coach, you know, more. I don't know how much of the coaching staff are people that he wants there. I'm curious to see how they let him mold the team in his kind of liking as they go forward. But I really think they need to give him the opportunity to bring in guys that he wants coaching wise really allow him to get some of the players in that he thinks would be, make this team successful. Cause again, give credit where it's due. He walked into probably the worst situation period for any team in the league I would say that you know the Lions have more talent they've just and they've been a lot more competitive than the Texans have been the te- the Lions are probably the only other person in that or other team in that conversation of just like worst case to walk into and I give him all the credit and all the respect for what he has done in Houston and I and I hope those of you that are all watching this if you're not aware I'm a Colts fan I literally have two jerseys sitting above me respect to David Culley all rivalry aside I have nothing but respect and good things to say about Culley I like what he's trying to do there he needs time he needs the ability to bring people in and he needs the ability to really make this team his own before making a decision about what David Culley is or if he is or is not going to be the coach of the future as for my final thoughts for Houston it's going to be a long road there is a lot for them to fix there's a lot for them to work on they are the first team eliminated from the playoffs uh it has been a pretty drastic fall from the team that took the you know the Chiefs to the absolute limit in the playoffs just a few years ago um it's it's just going to be a matter of time patience and giving Cully the opportunity to kind of build the team around that in the way that he really wants to, I guess you could say. They're going to have to eventually move on from Watson. That's more of a matter of when than if. Obviously, they should not be toying with the idea of trying to keep him there. They need to move on from him. Hopefully, this legal stuff can get solved, and whether they just have to flat out let him go or they're able to trade him for a haul, whatever the whole situation may be. I'm curious to see how teams are going to act about Deshaun Watson now being a year removed from all the allegations and everything. And, you know, we have not really heard a ton about all of the 22 cases that he's dealing with right now. A lot to just basically wait on and see. Matter of when, not if, on moving on with Deshaun Watson. As I mentioned, respect for Cully. He needs time. You know, good on him for being willing to walk into this position. 
Bill O'Brien completely destroyed the Houston Texans. They he traded away DeAndre Hopkins for uh, you know a sack of potatoes at best, if you could say, and uh, among other things that he he did questionably the trade like bringing in David Johnson too was I mean a part of the, as a part of that deal was very funny. Not to slight David Johnson, but he has not been quite the running back that he was prior to his injuries. Um, Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor, obviously they're probably not the QB ones of the future. I think Davis Mills deserves a shot. I think that, you know, going through this offseason, if they're able to bring in more talent, he's got a year under his belt in Cully's system. Maybe giving him another shot is not too far-fetched of an idea. I definitely think that they need to take some time and really look at him and see what they have in Davis Mills. I was high on him in the draft. I actually pegged him to go to the Steelers as like a team that should probably look into bringing him in. He has great size, you know, 6'4", 225. He's smart, comes from Stanford, pro-style system. He's a guy, he was a development project. He was not supposed to be a day one starter, but he does have a year in the system. He still has a few, well, at, at, at the end of the season, he'll have a year in the system. But I mean, he still has, you know, a handful of games left to really prove himself. But how well can you really prove yourself and elevate a group around you when you're dealing with the roster that the Texans have? I don't really know, but they definitely should consider him for the future. Don't just, you know, throw him to the curb because you have the opportunity to take somebody else. You know, it, you drafted him, try to get something out of him. You know, don't just have made that pick because of the quarterback situation for this season and let that pick go to waste. You know, you invested in him, do something with him. Don't just let him go. Is he the QB one of the future? I don't know. I would like to see them try to do something. But that's really all I have to say about the state of the Houston Texans. You Texans fans, let me know what you guys think in the comment section down below. What am I right on? What am I missing? What am I hitting on? You know, I would love to know what you guys think. Again, I'm a Colts fan. I love the Colts. Texans are obviously a rival of ours, um, but I respect the hell out of what's going on over there with the rebuild, um, and I, I'm a big fan of David Culley. I, you know, whether he's the guy for this team to really, you know, rewrite the wrongs that Bill O'Brien basically left in his lap when he took over the job, I mean, I don't know, but he definitely needs time to really build a unit around it. I would love to know what you guys think. So let me know what you think, but that is my state of the Houston Texans and how I view them. Let me know what you guys think. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Have fun watching some football. And I'll catch you guys uh, probably Tuesday for a Power Rankings video. I'll see you then.